0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You are listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Good Squire Radio. I'm Bo,
1: and I'm Brian Levine. Because I've already had my children.
0: Oh wow. Wow. Yeah, that's uh that that is true. That is true. so far as we know. I mean, man, there is time. There is time.
1: Let's <laughs> listen. I was actually there for the for the birth of both of my kids. I can tell you I I saw them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, and, and address the elephant in the room, uh, <laughs> since since he just like plowed right on in there. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, John David is out this week with the uh, the arrival uh, and expansion of his family. We are uh, we're all excited. We're uh, he's of course there in our thoughts and our prayers as they they experience this joyous stressful time of uh, welcoming in. Uh, A a firstborn child, but uh, Brian Levine, ladies and gentlemen of Pice Magazine Radio, has so graciously offered to uh, fill and, in fact, overfill the the (laughs) shoes of one John David Cole.
1: Hey, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm just happy that I get to hang out with you alone without, you know, without John David feeling jealous or having to ruffle his hair or anything.
0: No, the parent is out of the room. Like this is the thing the the inmates are now running the asylum. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all good, man. This is uh, it's going to be a great show. Of course, uh, Brian. You know, for those who uh, may not be familiar with Pipes Magazine Radio, uh, you want to give kind of a, a quick explanation of the show and and how you are uh, vast uh, and superior and far more experienced than us in every way.
1: Yeah. So, all right, here here it is in a nutshell because we're using the asylum. And uh, I'm in a, I'm a nut. Uh, (laughs) So uh, about seven years ago, sometime uh, Kevin Godby came to me and said, you know, for pipes magazine, we want to add an audio only format. And I said, okay, what's that? And we started talking about it. And, and he, the little bit of research he did, he asked a couple of people said, who can I get to host this? And the, and both of them said, get that Brian Levine guy. He talks a lot. Uh, and they don't know what else I'm good at, but I talk a lot. <laughs> so my, you know, 15 years of industry experience at that point, I started to learn how to podcast and, uh, we've been doing one a week ever since. And, uh, I think, you know, <laughs> um, I think I've, um, you know, managed to bore several people to sleep. Now,
0: you've made a name for yourself. You've made a name for yourself to be sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always great going to the pipe shows where Brian is there because of course it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it's like royalty has walked through the door. The, the seas have parted and uh, he, he uh, holds court no matter where he is. But of course, longtime listeners of country square radio, know, know you quite well as uh, you know, we've had you on the show before we did a great Christmas special, a holiday special this last past year, uh, which was a ton of fun. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you know, I always I always like to you know keep in mind that every single episode is somebody's first episode. So from that standpoint, if you've never checked out Pipes Magazine Radio, be sure to do so after this episode because this yeah. one right here is going to be a lot of fun, man. Yeah, don't
1: don't go anywhere now because we're we're gonna you know we're we're going out of the country.
0: That's right. That's right. This is the beginning of a limited uh, series that we've got here with Brian, as we look at pipe smoking around the world. Well, that sounds
1: pretty official. Yeah, and I and you wouldn't let me play with my echo chamber thing.
0: Well, so this is the thing. Michael do it in post. Oh, okay. <laughs> he made the mistake of uh, doing that uh, for for a different podcast. And now that I've heard it, I want it all the time. So, <laughs> just is what it is. But no, man, this is uh, this is going to be a great one. Now, before we actually dive into the specific topic right here, I, I do want to, you know, mention some other credentials that you have. Of course, with John David on the show as a hometown shop owner, a mom and pop shop owner, and and of course a tobacconist who has blended several uh, several tobaccos that uh, many of our our listeners have uh, have had been been fortunate enough to try, and, and many have uh, become. Regular consumers thereof, you know, he's, he's got that, he's got that, um, that rich, very, very specific knowledge in that department. Now, you, as a doctor of pipes, uh, and the, the most prestigious title that I think anybody can get in this industry,
1: and the um, youngest one to ever get it. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm literally, I think I'm 10 years younger than the next one.
0: Well, there you go. So I mean, like, you know, so you you bring a lot of credentials behind you. Uh, you talk a little bit about just kind of briefly your history in the industry, because that's gonna play, I think, uh, heavily into what we're we're talking about, at least in the in the back end.
1: Yeah, so on the on the pipe and tobacco side, we'll we'll skip those cigar things, although we're gonna talk about them a little bit coming up. Uh, on the pipe side, I mean, I really cut my teeth learning pipes when I was working in a retail store in Las Vegas managing it and then went to work as a humidor manager for the Alfred Dunhill store in Las Vegas. And not only was I managing this humidor full of cigars, but I was responsible for pipes and tobaccos. And Richard Dunhill comes into town for the opening of the store and says, has anybody here ever smoked a Dunhill pipe? (laughs) Sorry, England Uh, and all you fine people with British accents. Uh, But I, I, nobody raised their hands i said well and they said who who here smokes a pipe and i said i raised my hand i said i do and he pulls a pipe down off the wall proceeds to show how to pack it and hands it to me and says here's the proper way to light it and start lighting this pipe so i'm in the you know i think that was my third pipe was a dunhill pulled off the wall by richard dunhill at the at the forum shop Man. in Las Vegas,
0: you can't you can't get more legit than that right there.
1: <laughs> no, and then uh, you fast forward a couple more, about a year and a half later, and I go to work for the importer, uh, a company that's no longer in existence, but they imported uh, Peterson pipes, Nording pipes, GBD pipes, Kamoy's, uh, Butch Uh In addition to that, we were the importer for Peter Stokebe pipe tobaccos. And I oh, became wow. quick friends with Peter Stokeby and managed to spend uh, the last four, four and a half years of his life kind of under his wing and learning from Peter about the pipe tobacco industry.
0: So, wow, man! Yeah, yeah. So you got you got the, you got the chops. You got the chops. Well,
1: when you walk into a room of people that you don't know and Peter Stokeby walks into the room and everybody knows him and Peter introduces you as jokingly as his adopted Italian son, automatically (laughs) you get some street cred, you know, I mean that, you know, you know, straight up that that's hardcore posse stuff right
0: there. Oh, for real, man. Okay. So, you know, obviously uh, the doctor of the pipes is in uh, and we are uh, thrilled, man, to, to dive into this, this new travel series where we're talking about pipe smoking around the world. And uh, this episode, man, we are going to one of my favorite areas to read about, although a place that I haven't actually had the opportunity to travel towards all that much, the Caribbean or the Caribbean. What's, what's proper there?
1: Uh, the ride is Pirates of the Caribbean, but the ocean is the Caribbean.
0: Interesting. So why the differentiation? <laughs> Out of curiosity, I was actually just having this conversation with somebody recently and uh getting uh, uh kind of chastised for mispronouncing it. But why 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 does pirates in uh in Disney have their own flair on the word, or or is there some sort of historical reasoning?
1: Yeah, Walt's from the Midwest, where they don't know how to pronunciate anything really. Because my my grandmother was from Kansas City, Missouri, and <laughs> well, yeah, you know, they Walt pronounced it Pirates of the Caribbean, so that's what it
0: was. There you, uh, so you're telling me I've been pronouncing something that a Midwesterner pl- programmed into my head. You are well trained, my young apprentice. Oh man. I'm gonna need to wash out my my, my <laughs> brain or something of that nature. But it is what it is. You know what? he uh, he deserves the the credit for for uh, mispronouncing it for generations to come. But all right, so we're talking about the Caribbean and but uh, specifically pipe smoking in the Caribbean. Now, Brian, you have had the opportunity to travel quite a bit uh, in in your. Uh, uh, in your career and and just in your your free time, how how often do you make it down to the Caribbean?
1: Uh, as often as I can, especially during the winter time, because the average temperature in the islands during November, December, January, February is you know eighty two, eighty four, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just you know nice to get down there. And then even during the summertime, the average temperature in the Caribbean islands is like eighty six. So, you know, their summertime goes up four degrees. Wow, <laughs> uh, you, you know, get that
0: you get that sweet heat, right? You get in the shade, you get some uh, that breeze going, and you know it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and my my Caribbean adventures, you know, really kind of began out of just the fact that we moved to North Carolina, and literally from Charlotte to most of the Caribbean is a two two and a half hour flight. And and you're down in a foreign country on an island that is you know that might have been discovered by Christopher Columbus. Hmm. Uh, I've gone to you know, most of the major islands. I haven't. Uh, I've yet to get to Cuba, and that's going to be a bit of an issue going forward. Here now, um, I've never been to Jamaica, and that's just purely because there's other places that I've wanted to discover, but. Between cruises and uh, trips to the Dominican for cigar-related things, I think I've been in the Caribbean probably nine or ten times now.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. And so, of course, we know you never travel without your pipe on hand.
1: No, 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 no. Even when I was going to cigar events, I was bringing my pipe with me, and I was that guy in the corner. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i mean so i feel like the caribbean is kind of known for you know i mean you know obviously you mentioned cuba i mean like we we think about it being kind of cigar like a, a cigar region right yeah. like you're you're wearing the the brightly colored uh uh you know button down beach shirt with the you know you might have the the palm trees on it it might just have this like flowing white linens or something of that nature when your linen cap and you know, you're you're just chopping on that stogie. But uh, are pipes in vogue uh, in in the Caribbean? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud
1: to say. And and remember, tobacco heritage. The first time, uh, the first time Europeans or what we would consider now, you know, the the Anglo-Saxon, the white Anglo-Saxon man. Uh, the first time Europeans saw tobacco consumed was when Columbus landed on Hispaniola in 1492. Mm -hmm. And the the native Indians there were smoking these leaves that were rolled into what became known as a cigar. So literally the beginning of uh, Western civilization's knowledge of tobacco starts right there in the Caribbean on the island of Hispaniola, which is the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Uh, pipe wise, you really don't see much of an influence in pipes anymore. But during the colonial era, when uh, you know when the the Caribbean became uh, got chopped up by all the Western European countries, so you've got uh, you've got Caribbean islands that still have Danish and Dutch influence. You've got caribbean islands with a french influence the the spanish were all over the caribbean and so were the english Hmm. Uh, so as they started to move in and colonize the caribbean you get some of a pipe smoking culture um but again it kind of faded into the background where i think there might be uh, in all my trips down there, there might be two stores that I've walked in that had, you know, pipe tobacco beyond what uh, John David Cole's uh, little daughter would put in her uh, hamster cage.
0: Right, right. Well, so that's kind of the question, right? Like with the, with what limited, um, you know, pipe tobaccos that you've seen. I mean, are is there anything in particular? I know, you know, you've got Panama Jack that has essentially created a brand around, uh, you know, going to the beach and say so they've got their their various. Uh, uh, very like, um, heavy, heavy aromatic pipe tobaccos, uh, that are really kind of geared towards an experience, but they're not at all like Caribbean tobaccos. Like the, what, what, no. what are some of the, you know, outstanders or outliers that you found that have been, uh, you know, fairly decent.
1: Um, absolutely nothing made in the Caribbean. It's all yeah. it's all U.S. product imported down there or English product. And the couple of times that I, there was one shop in particular, I think, in St. Thomas that had Captain Black and and a few basic tobaccos. And then there was another one that I stumbled upon in the Grand Caymans and the Grand Cayman Islands are uh, still under the British under the British uh, rule. I I walked in there and there were some Dunhill tins, but that was probably eight, 10 years ago. Um, I am going to tell you, and I'm, and I tell everybody that travels to the Caribbean, not only if if you're a pipe smoker, bring your own pipes and your own tobacco. Absolutely. Don't, don't rely on anything down there. Don't rely on anything that you might find in duty free. Don't rely on any of that. If you're also a cigar smoker, Bring your own with you. Don't rely on anything that you can buy on the island. Really? Huh? Yeah, because well, uh, for, yeah. cigar wise, first of all, we have in the United States, we are very lucky to have uh, a wide array of really good top quality cigars that are made in the Dominican, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Yeah. Uh, and we have them at relatively reasonable prices because we've got fairly good competition so you know john david john david knows what his neighbors are what the stores down the street are selling cigars for so he's got to stay in competition with them otherwise he'll go out of business when you hit a caribbean island in a lot of cases there will only be one store that sells premium cigars
0: and those are going to be at an extra premium for that reason
1: And that guy's going to get him for, he's going to get you for as much as he can because he knows you're on an
0: island and and unless you've got, (laughs) it's like food at an airport, right? Or like a beer at the airport. It's like, well, this is the only place you get an alcohol. So it's going to be a crazy price.
1: Yeah. For you, if you go to a Houston Astros game, you know, you can't just duck outside and go grab a beer and come back in. You're done. (laughs) Um, Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, and and then the, the other big word of warning that I will, and caution that I will give to anybody going to the Caribbean is, yes, there's Cuban cigars there. I know cigars, and every time I've bought what I'm pretty, you know, 99% sure is a Cuban cigar, I've spent $10 to $12 to $14 for a cigar that was not as good as a $7 to $8 cigar that I could have bought at home. And Really?
0: Cigars. Okay, all right. So, is it like the... Is there kind of an esoterica nature to the whole Cuban cigar scene? Like the reason why there's such kind of like in high demand is because it's like high demand, low supply type situation, at least for Americans.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's the, uh, the, you yeah, know, the gold, it, it, it's the unreachable grapes. Uh, um, right. Yeah. Huh. And the, the Cuban cigar market is dominated by, uh, the, The island of Cuba manufactures cigars, distributes them all over the world, and their primary markets are Spain, which owns part of their distribution, uh, England, which has uh, a rich history in Cuban cigars, uh, Canada, and Asia. So the really good cigars that come out of Cuba tend to go there first.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: The Cigars that you're getting when you're going, uh, you know, when you're when you're pulling up to the little cigar shop in the Caribbean island is eh, cast off sometimes, you know, bought on the secondary market. Gotcha. Huh. Um, a brother's cousin's uncle works at a factory and snuck some boxes out.
0: Um well, all right. So let's, but what about, you know, you're Brian Levine. Can't you roll up and flash your badge of pipes or your doctor of pipes badge and, and they'll like let you, let you back into the factory and, and you can kind of hand select?
1: Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But the factory, the, right? the factories are nowhere near any place I want to go when I'm on vacation. Oh.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. You got to do the research for us. Uh,
1: well, I've been on most of the Dominican cigar factories and, yeah there in, in the, you don't want those cigars fresh off the roller's bench you want them to sit and re, and relax for a couple of for a couple of months oh interesting even yeah. in the dominican they don't get the cigars that are made in the dominican for the US market they get secondary product because it's much more valuable for the dominican cigar manufacturer to ship the cigars to the US and make all that money than it is to try to sell them locally
0: yeah i mean that makes you know from a business standpoint it makes a lot of sense but you'd think that like i don't know the tourism bureau would want to you know make sure like there's a there's a premium cigar travel like industry that exists in kind of a subculture and could exist in a larger culture right i mean like they you almost feel like um uh, you should like you know, skim a little bit off the top for uh, for the home, hometown, so to speak. You, you should, but
1: there's in the Dominican, it's a fairly small tourist business and a fairly
0: small island, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and they've only got half of it. Uh, and in the Dominican, the the average Dominican worker can't really afford a. Five, six, seven dollars cigar. So you're working off of really small margins again. And then when you get to the tourist areas of the Dominican or any of the Caribbean islands, those are resorts, and they know they've got you locked down there.
0: Right. So yeah, Uh, that's
1: now now you're back to your your beer at at a Houston Astros game. Just bring well, it out. or
0: or you get like the all inclusive type setups where you know they're gonna they're gonna save money every every chance they can get, uh, and you know I've look I've been to several all inclusive uh, a couple well, several I've been to a handful of all inclusive resorts down in, uh in and the Gulf and, uh you know had some really really great experiences and then and some of the restaurants you're like man this is this is good uh, this is good lobster and some you're like yeah and they kind of skimped on price here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And even like rolling through the cigar uh humidors you see just a lot of familiar faces so to speak. You see a lot of the the same brands you would get back home just for a higher uh higher premium price. Yeah, so, a resort
1: yeah. premium price and it's legal for you to travel with your own cigars, with your own pipes and your own pipe tobacco. You you may as well buy your pipe tobacco from the country squire, age it for a little bit and take it with you on the trip.
0: So it's really more if you're kind of traveling into the Caribbean, you want to you want to bring what you enjoy smoking. You want to maybe maybe bring some of the, some rum cased uh, uh, pipe tobacco. You know, if if you if you're into into that kind of thing, some people aren't. I think it's great. Uh, and and uh, you know, make sure that you pack it. But the question then is, you know, what is the preferred method of actually enjoying your your pipe tobacco while down in the Caribbean? That's a different. Uh, you know, you got a different temperature, different climate, especially for. Um, you guys up in the north that aren't familiar with the concept of uh, you know ocean breeze i, I would imagine it's uh, a little bit of a challenge for you what have you found are some best practices you
1: live in Houston now which isn't too far from the gulf and you guys this is the know the tropics in man
0: <laughs> yeah listen it's uh it, this is I, I love i love the Houston weather it's uh, when it rains it pours and when it's hot it's hot hot and it's i've got to tell you i actually really really enjoy it
1: so here's 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 a couple of things that I like to that I like to let everybody everybody think about when they're getting ready to go on a you know whether it's a cruise or going down to the islands for an all inclusive or just you know whatever you, when you're going down to 82 degrees and a sea breeze and 60% humidity constantly you know you want to you, you want to think your tobacco through and I'm and I'm famous for the fact that I I smoke Virginia Periques all year long, but during the hot humid summers that we get here in the Carolinas in the morning, I have my first bowl uh, or two is just a straight Virginia. But then when the weather turns cold and it dries out a little bit here, I don't like them anymore. I don't like the straight Virginias anymore. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta think of the same thing. Uh, If you're thinking about going down to the islands and you want a rum case thing, well, here's what I say you do bring your favorite tobacco. When you get down there, buy some rum. Oh man. And (laughs) taste it inside your mouth. Uh, you know, put some rum in your mouth, puff on your pipe, there you go. Uh, you know, the rum is great when you're down there. And I have (laughs) I've bought so many bottles of different liquors when I'm out of the country, and you bring them back, and they just don't taste the same. As they do sitting on that beach,
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, something about the beach does add to the um, add to the flavor. Yeah, in many ways. yeah. Now, one of the key things
1: that I want that I want everybody to understand when you're when you're dealing with a uh, uh, when you're going down to the Caribbean, and one of the things that I really like about it is there's a lot of the, a lot of those islands down there. Like we were recently in Curacao. And we went to a beach resort on our cruise ship stop for the day. The beach resort had a bar that was overlooking the overlooking the chairs with the beaches. And then there's the little then there's the water out there. But on the bar was an ashtray. And when you sit down and say, is it okay to smoke my pipe here? They're like, absolutely no problem. The Uh. pipe cigar uh cigarette whatever you want to smoke right there no problem here's an ashtray sir have fun uh you won't get that in a lot of american beach areas anymore right uh so, so you get you get a much more um european openness to tobacco consumption uh you you want to stay away from like uh st thomas which is a us uh, a part of the U.S. Virgin Islands, they have more restrictions on where you can smoke than some of the other islands. Uh, but you know, a perfect example is uh, the island of St. Kitts. Anywhere outdoors, there's an ashtray. Uh, you know, Sit down and smoke. We were at a Marriott that had a balcony overlooking the beach and the, and the, the entire hotel complex and no smoking in the hotel room but on the balcony here's an ashtray Man. sit down and enjoy uh same thing in the dominican they you know there's no more sm- uh smoking hotel rooms but on the on everybody's balcony there's an ashtray yeah and
0: then you're good to go and
1: Man. you're good to go so you can i i was actually walking the street i've walked the streets of many different uh non us islands and lit up my pipe and just walked the streets and looked at the architecture and yeah, looked at the <laughs> looked at the different things for sale. Some of which I could never afford, and others I didn't want to buy. Yeah. Uh, but you can always buy an eye patch or a you know a little pirate hat and run around with your pipe.
0: Yeah, which I do uh, anyway every single day.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in fact, in St. Thomas, you can go to Blackbeard's Castle. Which was one of his forts that he built in protecting the uh the harbor of the town of Charlotte Amelie. which really found oh right, yeah, that was settled by the danish by the Danes, so you walk through the u s virgin islands town you know, island of St. Thomas, and the town has got all kinds of Danish names on it,
0: man. That's awesome. All right. Well, I need to make my trip. Any, any idea, like a good way to, uh, you know, if you are making those travel plans, how to, how to do so?
1: So uh, as a lot of you know, I decided that uh, after 20 some odd years in the tobacco industry, I would become a independent vacation planner. Which, what? Is, which is code for I'm a travel agent, uh, <laughs> but I work under a travel agency. And you can reach out to me at brian.levine at mei-travel.com or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, whatever. Just, you know, send me a message. I check most of those on, you know, daily and I'll advise you. If I can't save you any money by booking it for you, I'll tell you how to save money and I'll still advise you and it doesn't cost you anything and if you book with me whether it's an all inclusive or a cruise it doesn't cost you anything either way they they give me a little commission off of the normal price so yeah either way i'll i'm happy to help
0: and listen man to me that sounds a lot like a shameless plug and and let me just tell you i say that knowing full well that uh you know you got to do it man this is a this is a big good move for your career you, we obviously have you on to talk about travel stuff it would ima- i mean to to me it makes sense there'd be shameless plugs but really, I need to sit down and contemplate and think about it while I'm smoking a good, clean, quality corncob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum.
1: You know, there is no better pipe to have out on a beach in the Caribbean than a Missouri Meersham.
0: That's right. That's right. That would have been a more natural transition, but I thought I'd go with a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and I can tell you the water is so salty in the Caribbean that if you drop your Missouri Meerschaum corn corncob in there, it's going to float and it's going Hey-o. to float right back to you.
0: Nice. Of course, uh, you know, they, they've got some great corn cob pipes today. We want to make mention about the Franklin, which is a uh, part of their 150th anniversary for those that tuned in for our 300th episode. You know, we were there on site, uh, had a blast and, and uh, celebrating 150 years of Missouri Meerschaum and 300 episodes of country square radio. And uh, they actually have the Franklin out to celebrate this 150 year anniversary. It's this really cool kind of a, a take on a bulldog style of corncob pipes. So uh, if, you've, if you've got one or if you don't have one, uh, this is a great one to have to your collection. It's very unique. It's been highly sought after. Uh, you can find it at corncobpipe.com. And if you've got a Franklin, be sure to smoke it this week. Take a picture of yourself doing so. We love to retweet those out to let the good folks at Missouri Mearsham know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show.
1: And I, and I got to tell you two things. One, first of all, I was a little jealous and a little offended that I didn't get invited for their 150th anniversary.
0: Uh, hang on, hang on. Now that's not how that went down. It was, it was. We had a three hundredth episode, and we'd been trying to do something live from Missouri Meerschaum, and it just so happened to line up. So it worked out. You know, it was, it was a, is that it was a happy accident, as Bob Ross would say. I,
1: I'm pretty sure Phil didn't want me near his wife or daughter any more than I have been in the past.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, that's probably a universal feeling.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, that bulldog shape is going to be perfect for on the beach because you get that pointed bottom to it and you can just oh, yeah. set it in the sand and it'll anchor in a little bit and it can sit right there with you while you're on a uh, on the beach watching the waves lap back and forth or you grab your pipe and you walk into the water and smoke your pipe and splash around in the water a little bit
0: pipe question of the week Question of the week this week is coming in from me to Brian Levine. (laughs) Uh oh, (laughs) yeah, that's how we're doing that, (laughs) man. uh, So you know, John David and I have uh, done our best to to talk about industry trends from uh, various angles. Uh, You know, a couple episodes back, we did our uh, Pipes of the Future episode where we kind of projected where the industry might be in fifty years. Um, But given your unique vantage point as someone who has participated from like all these different angles within the industry i'm kind of curious what have you seen over your your time in the industry what would you say is the one weird trend that that like entered into the pipe industry and is has either ended like uh, uh left it or is probably on its way out
1: oh wow Entered in and left. Ooh, boy. Thanks for prepping me.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's how I do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little Bo Young dropping the big bombs. Um, let's see. I, you know, Weird thing that has entered into the pipe industry and left. I know you've seen some weird stuff. I've seen some weird stuff. I mean, keep, you know, keep in mind, I imported at one point a tobacco that actually had rose petals in it for flavoring.
0: Yeah, that's right. You've told me about that. Yeah. And it yeah.
1: actually had the rose petals in there. Um, I remember, you know, the, there was the striker pipe that was essentially like a, uh, it, it had, uh, it had metal, a metal tube in it that was bent, that was bent back and forth so that the pipe was only like seven or eight inches long, but the smoke had to travel like 21, 22 inches before it got to you. Uh, And I was looking at that, going, "That yeah, so much for a pipe cleaner. Um, You need a roto router to get all the way through all that." Um, The uh, the, I think the weirdest thing is the the fascination with the bent poker for me. Hmm. Uh, The bent poker shape is a shape of a pipe that is really the ultimate utilitarian shape because it's just a. Round thing with another round thing put in it and a and a, and a flat bottom so that you can set it anywhere. Uh, it's really not that artistic when you look at some of the other pipe shapes. You know, like the elegant lines of a bulldog or the the minute details of a billiard. But yet, for some reason, this fascination with bent bu- uh, with the with the bent poker or the straight poker, you know, hit and hit hard, and it seems to have waned down. I I don't see as many, uh, people with their bent pokers anymore. Um, and, and I wonder if it's just because they kind of got, you know, tired of them. I don't
0: know. Um, well, you do almost wonder like when a, when a style like that really kind of takes off, are you really enjoying it because you enjoy the pipe or are you really just trying to, you know, kind of go where the, where the wind is blowing? Yeah, I mean, and
1: keep in mind, I'm the one in the 1980s that owned not only one but three or four different pairs of parachute pants with different <laughs> colors. So that's not true.
0: I want that to be true, but that's not true. No, I did. <laughs> no, I did no. Yeah, I, I'm going to need pictures, Brian. I'm sorry, I don't believe you until I see the pictures.
1: Well, there are there are pictures. There is a huge price to see those pictures. Um, or all you have to do is ask my wife. She's happy to show those.
0: Uh, hey, now there we go. Uh, <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get them yet. But, yeah, I think the
1: uh, I I think the thing that caught me the most was the intense fascination with the bent poker and why that shape all of a sudden uh, and and then it disappeared or it seems to have waned down.
0: Interesting. All right, no, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Um, well, good. We'll be thinking because next week I'm probably going to ask you another question about uh, weird items and or weird things that you've seen. I mean, the bent pokers, not necessarily. You know, that's that's exactly what I was kind of curious about in terms of the trends. I, and you know, I'm I'll go ahead and tack on this little extra one as well. Do you do you foresee something that's happening now as a passing trend in in pipe smoking?
1: Uh, I think the reverse calabash is passing. Uh, Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think everybody's got one or two, but nobody's converted over their entire collections to them uh, or their entire assortments. And I think when you look at what people are really smoking on a regular basis, it again goes back to the to the classic shapes again.
0: Yeah, the billiard, and yeah, yeah, I I hear that. Yeah, and I uh, and
1: I think all those people that smoke English tobaccos are just you know going to go away anyway because I don't like them.
0: I don't think that's happening. No, okay. That one, I can't go with you on that one. But no, no,
1: no. I, I'm, I'm just trying <laughs> to fuel some fire here somewhere. Yeah, w-
0: well done, well done. Well, hey, uh, great, great, uh, great answer to that question. Hey, if you've got some pipe questions to send our way, be sure to do it. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions.
1: Jones. I am not squealing like a, like a. Like a little guy from Mississippi, but I'll
0: oh, come on, man. You gotta, you gotta do it. You should go. Ow. Come on.
1: All right. All right. Are you ready? Here's my,
0: yeah. Ball. yeah. Ow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't ever do that again. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Quick fire questions with Brian Levine. All right. So, you know, we, we made mention of course of your, your, you know, your, your storied history within the industry. But the fact of the matter is that pipe tobacco and traveling are not your only loves uh you are a Disney fanatic, and in fact, uh, thank you, sir, for for you know. I guess you know. I, I know we wouldn't mention it. We weren't going to mention any dates, but um, you know, let, let's just say that we're in the uh, the range of D twenty three as we sit down and uh, record this. So I know that you're <laughs> yeah you're frantically looking for updates. But um, Disney now owns the rights to uh, uh, many various franchises. Uh, the, one of the biggest ones right now in the world, of course, is Marvel with the, uh, the superheroes and such. So I have got some quick fire questions for you oh boy. that pit classic Disney characters with Marvel characters.
1: I know who wins automatically. All right, go.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. The first one, and this is an anger management, Donald <laughs> duck or Bruce banner, AKA the Hulk.
1: Oh boy. Now, um, okay, so, <laughs> so, so Donald has had a very long career, much longer than the Hulk. Uh, you know, much, much That's longer right, than yeah. Hulk. Uh, however, uh, Donald can't smash a building with his hand. Yeah. You know, I've seen the incredible Hulk get mad and just tear a building down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, You know, Lou Ferrigno was actually the the original Incredible Hulk on the TV show, and somewhere one time when we were at Universal Studios, we saw Lou Ferrigno walk by in his green, all painted up, and I was like ten years old, and it was like most, (laughs) yeah, I was excited. So you know what? I'm I was never a fan of Donald Duck. To me, Donald was kind of annoying and a sidekick to Mickey, to just be annoying. Uh, so I'm going to go with the incredible Hulk.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Surprise, surprise, uh, entry here, uh, <laughs> in the, uh, in the early stages, I thought you were going to go, uh, classic Disney all the way. Nope. 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 Curveball. All right. All right. So here's the next one. This one, I, I feel really proud of this. Wait, wait, I was wait, proud wait, of it.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait. Uh, you're not getting off the hook.
0: What? Oh, okay. Between the two of them. I think when it comes to anger management, Bruce Banner, uh, uh has, yeah, he's, he's had to train himself. He wants to suppress his anger, or at least uses anger productively. Whereas Donald duck has no, some, he has no, uh, <laughs> no filter, <laughs> right? D- Donald needs therapy. Uh, You know, like Donald needs some, but uh, he needs to eat some help. So yeah, I'm going to go with, um. if we're talking about managing anger, then Bruce Banner, if we're talking about who's got the most explosive anger, Donald duck, though, not quite with the uh, splash damage that the whole <laughs> guy has. Yeah. All right. This next one I feel very proud of. Here we go. Uh, Mickey Mouse, specifically Mickey Mouse, the wizard's apprentice. Ah, uh,
1: error already, I'll, but go ahead.
0: All right. Yeah. I, I knew you'd probably call me out on that uh, versus Dr. Strange.
1: So it's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerer's
0: Apprentice. All right. the Sorcerer's Apprentice versus the Sorcerer Supreme. This is great.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry. It's an adaptation of the great French music. And it's the original, the first music video ever made. It's the best piece of animation ever to come out of the Walt Disney Company, if you ask me. It's the only piece of animation. The Sorcerer's Apprentice was on Fantasia in 1940 and Fantasia 2000 the re-release 60 years later, it's the only piece to be on both of those. There is no way I am picking anything else, but Mickey is the sorcerer's apprentice. And it's also what I have tattooed on my left shoulder.
0: Oh, that's great, man. All right. So when I was a kid, we always called him wizard Mickey or Mickey wizard. Uh-huh. Uh I, we, I think, I think I had an action figure of him that was like uh, over my bed for a long time. And as you point out, you know, Uh, Mickey, Mickey, he grabs that hat and, uh, and all of a sudden he's making all this stuff happen. Dr. Strange had to like practice for, you know, a whole montage before he got his magic, right? So, um, I mean, Mickey seems to have the, the more natural, uh, ability. So I, 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 yeah, you got to give it to Mickey mouse, right?
1: Well, and a bit of trivia, the name of the sorcerer in the, in the movie was never given, but there is a name that was, that was given to him but his name is aha. Gotcha.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I thought you were about to reveal. Um, I actually used to know this, uh, and I'm, I, 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 but I don't, I, I this can't cause I knew this. I think I knew this from, you're not going to, well, I don't know. Maybe you might appreciate this from uh, the kingdom hearts video games. Cause he pops up in that.
1: Oh, that's a thing.
0: Yeah. Do you know what kingdom hearts is?
1: Yeah, I've heard of
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh. So at some point in the, I think probably the second one, uh, the sorcerer shows up and they mentioned his name, but I I cannot recall it.
1: His name is Yensid, Y E N, right? S I D, which is Disney spelled backwards.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: Good and the stuff. name of my uh, and the name of my Wi-Fi network here at home.
0: Oh. All right, so now, now you know how to uh, track down Brian Levine uh, via Wi-Fi.
1: That's my Wi-Fi network. That's not the password.
0: I was banking on you going with Mickey. Yeah. So I put, I put a caveat here. I put a, I put a in the event of him choosing Mickey, then we go this route. So Mickey as the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Obviously, you've, you've gone through the credentials, man. First music video, uh, you got him tattooed on your arm versus dr strange as we mentioned dr strange you know had to like practice for a whole montage before he could figure out how to teleport all right versus the scarlet witch who has the ability to recreate all of reality and make it whatever she wants was the only avenger who was able to go toe-to-toe with thanos and for a brief moment would have won had he not like put the entire fire force of his entire fleet directly on her killing half of his own forces just to slow her down scarlet witch versus mickey as the sorcerer's apprentice who now, wins. now I'm, I'm gonna play a little bit
1: of john david cole here for you uh the scarlet witch that's a marvel character
0: oh come on man yes i just went through the whole credentials
1: <laughs> okay well i got it real simply all right. The Walt Disney Company was founded in 1923 and really took off in 1928 when they created Mickey Mouse. And then, you know, and then uh, 75 or 80 years later, the Walt Disney Company, who, claim, who boldly states it all started with a mouse, uh, bought Marvel for, you know, as a subsidiary for you know, a few bucks. And then this Scarlet witch is obviously a smaller part of the Marvel universe. So therefore Mickey owns the entire thing. So Mickey wins.
0: Wow. All right. All right. I (laughs) (laughs) can you argue that one? No, I, I, well, the only thing I would say to that is Scarlet, Witch could literally say no more Mickey and then Mickey mouse wouldn't exist, but I'll give it to you just because the whole corporate (laughs) we've seen look in the last, uh, in the last several uh, weeks and months here, we've seen just how, powerful the uh the mouse and and their uh the, the corporate overlords can be with the eradication of spider-man and or reintroduction of <laughs> spider-man i don't know by the time this this airs maybe that whole situation is all uh is all all worked out but uh at the time that we recorded the spider-man was like you know ripped In back to Sony. yeah yeah it's not great yeah anyway, all right fair point fair point all right here's the final one this one i i, I thought was pretty funny uh elmer fudd versus hawkeye well, Elmer Fudd
1: is a Warner Brothers character, so that doesn't count.
0: Yeah, well, Hawkeye really isn't that much of an avenger, so it, he doesn't count either.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> all right, I'll I'll, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll pick Hawkeye simply because my son who uh got a, was working on his master's degree at uh at uh god, talk about getting old. Um John David Cole, this is what you got to get. You got to get used to this as your daughter's growing up. You're going to forget stuff. Uh, he was he was at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington, which was the Seahawks, and he got a green colored Corolla as his first car, and he was so excited about it, so he named it Hawkeye. So that's what that's what
0: I'll pick. <laughs> All right, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> All right, now I, th- I thought I'd have fun with going off-brand versus Hawkeye, just to uh, dis uh, Hawkeye a little bit extra uh, because it's fun to diss on Hawkeye. <laughs> All right, well, good deal. Well, hey, those are the quick fire questions. Quick fire questions brought to you by the uh, uh, Country Squire Radio T-shirts available at thecountrysquireonline.com. John David's got to buy some bi- diapers. You can help him do it by getting yourself a shirt. Thecountrysquireonline.com. He would and really you take that, that
1: shirt promo. to the beach and wear it while you know while you as a cover up when you're done swimming.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, hey man, this is uh, this is good. We got we got our uh, our tropical uh, episode in here with uh, going to the the pipes of the Caribbean. I think that's that's going to be the name of this episode, the pipes of the Caribbean. <laughs> I, I got to get that same font and everything. Uh, but uh, but man, this is this has been really good. Of course, you already mentioned it mid episode, but go ahead and reset it again. So you know we're doing this travel series, and uh, you know as you're kind of thinking through your your plans and and your next big trip and you know, uh, best practices for what, what pipe, you know, should you bring your pipe tobacco? Should you buy your pipe tobacco? Should you go cigar this trip? Should you go pipes? You know, you want a travel agent. You want somebody who's going to represent you. That's going to bring that custom knowledge. And there is none better on the planet. I would say than Mr. Brian Levine, how can people uh, keep up with you? And then also reach out to you if they do want to make those travel plans.
1: Yeah the the email address is brian dot levine at mei travelcom Facebook I'm there as me on Instagram I think I'm brian ll two um, three I've kind of given up on Twitter after that hate storm that I got um, so, but I right. still check there once a week um, but yeah just you know reach out to me it won't cost you anything I guarantee you and you know you may lose some brain cells talking to me but other than that it won't be uh, you know no cost involved and no harm, no foul if you don't book anything with me, but I can just help you get through even just getting through TSA with your pipes and tobaccos or going through a foreign country's security coming back into the into the US. I've done that several times. I know all their you know, I know how to prep for that. So
0: reach out to me. Well, good stuff. They would be brain cells well spent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah way well, hey, man. of course uh people can't keep up with country squire radio as well uh, just follow at squire radio on twitter you can follow at me at the real Bo york john david is at john david cole be sure to show him some love and uh but at the same time you know let's uh let's give him his space you know is a this is a transitional uh moment for for him and his family it's it's great I, we, we were actually talking about it um, a while back during the the pre prep you get so excited for like the big, you know the big moment but the reality is that the the birth of the child is is just the beginning and so uh, you know he's he's going through that uh, that fun time as well so y'all be thinking about him and uh, yeah we we will have him back on the show very soon but uh, but I'm I'm very excited to say that uh, Brian Levine will return uh, in part two of our travel series and so until then hey Brian let's go have a day
1: I'm I'm uh, I'm having a day already so. We'll see you soon.